Hello Bulls fans, welcome to Bulls HQ, Chicago Bulls podcast on the Blue Wire Podcast Network. Thank you for joining me on this episode of Bulls HQ and uh, folks, what a, what, a, <laughs> what a good day it's been. Uh, I didn't even know the final score of this game. Do you know why? Because I just stopped watching, uh, just jumped on the mic and uh, thought, let's record this stupid podcast during the fourth quarter because I don't need to need to watch this stupid game anymore because the Bulls are up by a million points. The Cavs stink, Larry stinks, Denzel stinks. The Bulls are awesome. They're going to win the championship and that's all that matters. I think that's what we're all feeling right now. <laughs> I, think, I think I've summed up the vibes there of, of how every single Bulls fan is feeling after one stupid preseason game and uh look uh not not to get a little bit too overzealous not to um be planning that grant park uh ceremony or celebrations just yet but uh given that it is just one preseason game but man oh man like that was that was better than anything i could have hoped for to be honest with you uh we as a fan base as a collective i think this has been the first time in a long time we've kind of mostly 99 percent of us have been aligned that this was a great off season that going and grabbing lonzo and demar and adding alex caruso to to levine to vucevic like and going in this direction whilst it may not necessarily you know bring home championship number number seven it, the fact that the team was actively trying to improve and be good again like that in itself was a win and I don't know I kind of feel vindicated or validated by what we saw in this in this game again it's one preseason game we don't want to go and be a little bit uh, obnoxious about it but at the same time I kind of do to be honest with you because um, I want to stunt a little because I don't know if these ESPN experts tuned into this game probably not because you know, why would they? They don't follow the balls. They don't necessarily care about the Cavs. They're probably not watching this game. I, I don't even know who else was playing, to be honest, because I was obviously too fixated on this game. But yeah, it feels good. It feels good. And I don't know, maybe maybe I'm being short-sighted. Maybe I'm forgetting a game in the past. And maybe that's just because there was so few and far between. But is this the best balls game that we've witnessed over the last four or five years? If it is, it's kind of sad that that's, that it, that is the reality. But at the same time, I'm thankful that it's happening now, nonetheless. But I mean, I'm just I'm just trying to rack my mind. Like maybe there was random games here and there. You know, when Levine went off, and you know, had the the game where he had against the Hornets, where he hit his what like twelve or thirteen threes or whatever it was. The game where he and Kobe, I think, had eight threes themselves in a game last season. Like, there's probably been other games out there that. Uh, you know that that do rival this, but um, or are better than this. But in the moment, uh, despite this being a preseason game, it, it feels good. It feels good, and I th- and I guess why it does feel good is because, like I said, we, we've all been aligned on the fact that this this team, like again, they're, they're not going to win a title, probably not. Well, uh, maybe I'll talk my t- myself into that by the end of this show. But um, I, I guess why this feels good is because what we saw in that first quarter, and to be fair, over the first three quarters. It kind of, not again, not validated, not vindicated, but what what we did say, I think, is transferable into the real stuff, which is why I am kind of excited about it. And you know, we can talk about what we saw in offense, and we most certainly will. But uh, for me, like where I was watching this game was defensively, and again, it's preseason. I don't know how I don't know how much of it we can take away. And and the Bulls' opponent today, the, the Cavs, they look absolutely terrible. So uh, maybe maybe we're uh, fooling ourselves here into to an extent, but. I don't know, man. Like the Bulls looks, the Bulls look semi semi competent on defense, and there's two reasons for that, I think. And a big part of that is the fact that their offense looks so good. Now we all expected their offense to have the potential to be really good, and we saw signs of how good it can be. And despite 
DeMar, Vucevic, and Lonzo shooting under 40% combined, there were still signs that this offense, the way the ball was moving, the way the players were moving around on offense, like there was valid signs out there that this offense can be what it, what we think it can be. So that in itself was sustained, I feel is sustainable. But more importantly, the fact if if the offense is good and the Bulls score baskets, then the, the other team has no chance, but or the, the other team has to inbound the ball. And by doing so, the Bulls are able to get back on defense. And so much about NBA defense is just being in the right position and being there in, at the right time to help your teammate. And that is made a lot easier if you are if you are starting your defensive possessions in a half-court defense where your defense is set, the other court, the other team is bringing the ball up the court. Like It's so much easier to play defense in that scenario rather than, you know, bricking a basket and, uh, you know, you have to play in transition. You're getting cross-matched. You don't know who's matching up with who. Other teams can easily exploit you at that point. And as we saw last last season and seasons before that, those were factors that ultimately hurt the Bulls in, in, in years past. But yeah, their offense really helped fuel their defense in a lot of ways. But at the same time, um, you know, shout out to Javante Green, who might just be my new favorite player on uh, on planet Earth at this point, because uh, that man got the start for Patrick Williams. And uh, I think that was kind of a surprise for most of us. It certainly was for me. I, I don't know why I didn't consider him more seriously for that starting role. I should have. I felt dumb after, you know, as I was watching Javante do his thing out there, like running around and hustling his ass off like a madman. I kind of felt really stupid not even thinking this guy would get many minutes in the second unit, let alone having the impact he did as a starter. But Javante Green was absolutely huge. The way he was hustling his balls off out there, initially guarding uh, Evan Mobley, and despite being undersized, completely bodied Mobley on the block, was blocking Evan Mobley, was dunking all over Larry Markkinen, which is a beautiful sight as well. But like he was just hustling his, his absolute balls off out there. He was he was playing like a complete madman, and it, it's like they're the type of players who can really change a season. And, uh, you know, maybe that's kind of absurd for me to say, given I wasn't even considering someone like Javante Green to, to be starting in this game. But, like, if you can get real minutes, real productive minutes out of a player like Javante Green and Troy Brown Jr., who I want to talk about a little bit later on as well, and 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 maybe more importantly, the guy I thought who was the best player for the team today, who, um, you know, Alex Caruso, 10 points, 10 assists off the bench. Like, if those guys are going to come out and be super serious, competent, role players for this team to the point where they they are bringing the defensive energy and they're helping force guys like Vucevic and DeMar and, and, and Levine to actually be a cannibal on defense. Like that sort of starts to change how I feel about this, this team defense. And again, one preseason game, <laughs> one preseason game. I'm, I'm repeating that to you, but I'm also having to repeat that to myself so I don't uh, delude myself with uh, with complete nonsense and uh, overly positive thoughts too early into the uh, into the preseason. But if guys like that can have an impact, and like we did, like we saw today, and more importantly, what we did see today can be carried over. Like that defensive effort, there's nothing there's nothing there to suggest that defensive effort efforts can't carry over into the regular season. I'm not expecting the Bulls to, you know, build 40-point leads or to be absolutely killing their opponents like they did today. But if they go out there and play and hustle as hard as they did on defense today, then then that sets up so much of what they wanted to do on offense. And I guess that's the that's the key thing that um that I keep thinking about this Bulls team. How 
every part of the court is connected for the Bulls right now. And this, their success on offense is going to dictate how good they can be on defense and vice versa. How good their defense can be will help fuel their transition offense, which will ultimately fuel how good their, their offense can be. And I think that was the clear takeaway from me heading into this game. And, uh, you know, watching this game through that prism, it became very clear to me, like, if the Bulls can just bring that level of intensity on defense, yes, they're going to give up size on, on certain possessions. Yes, they're going to get cooked on certain possessions. But more often or not, if, if guys like Caruso, uh, Troy Brown Jr., Javante Green are flying around there on defense the way they are, then they can help make... Vucevic, DeMar DeRozan, or Zach Levine, better defenses, defensive players in themselves. And, and, what, and what I mean by that, like there was, there was countless possessions tonight where it would be Lonzo on ball or Caruso on ball or Javante on the weak side where they were just rotating enough and rotating in time and staying connected with their player to the point where it allowed someone like Vucevic, particularly in a drop coverage, to it just gave him that extra half second, that extra second to make that move to, to get into position. Or he holds on his player and doesn't have to come over straight away because he knows the ball, his, his Bulls player is going to get beat in the same way that happened so many times last season at the point of attack defense. That wasn't happening in this game. There were countless possessions where Lonzo or, or Caruso were staying up with their guy and, and just giving the, the defense really sound point of attack defense to the point where, like I said, Vucevic didn't have to rush over. They didn't have to rush over and leave his man, his man. And in leaving his man, there wasn't a rotation that was late on the weak side. But the, like the very first possession of the game, if I think about it, or at least it was one of the very first possessions of the game, like it, there, there was a play where Vucevic came over to, to be the help, defense, help defender in the paint. And in doing so, he left his man. But right there was Javante Green. Now, on this play that I'm thinking about, Javante fouled, I think it was uh, Jarrett Allen at that point. But... The point is, despite the foul, despite Jaron Allen going to the free throw line, Javante was there. He was in correct position. And the same is true for guys like Caruso and Lonzo. The fact that they were able to hold up and stay with their guy, it allowed for DeRozan, for Levine, to Vucevic. It just gives them an extra half a second to get to, to, to the spot where they need to be. And like I said, so much of M NBA defense is just being at the right spot in the right time. And for bad defenders... Or, you know, so-so defenders, if you can just allow them that extra half second to process what is going on out, what is going on on the floor there, then then that matters. And that's where guys like Caruso and Javante Green were so influential in this game. Their defense really allowed the rest of the Bulls' defense to come to the party. And like I said, the Cavs stink, the Cavs suck, so maybe that was part of it too, but... The Bulls were getting their stops, which helped fuel their transition game, which allowed them to put up 113 points in three quarters. Zach Levine didn't necessarily start the game well, but uh, finished with 25 points on 9 of 14 shooting. And like I said, Vucevic, DeRozan, and Alonzo weren't that efficient themselves, but the Bulls still found a way to build a 40-point lead. And so much of that was due to uh, Caruso and Javante Green. And um, I don't know about you guys, but I've, I've always found myself... I don't know why, but I've always found myself gravitating more towards role players than the star players. I don't know why. Maybe it's just a contrarian thing where you know, every other person loves the star player, and you know they, they get enough love, love rather. And you know maybe I just want to give some shine to the to the lesser players who maybe don't get as much fanfare. I, I don't know what it is, but nonetheless, I always find myself loving the role guys. And 
you know, after one preseason game, uh, Javante Green quickly, quick, <laughs> quickly rising up the ranks of uh, my preferred role players. Same with Alex Caruso. I mean, if he keeps this nonsense up and, you know, he comes off the bench with 10 points, 10 assists, playing that level of defense, then, um, Oh man, he's gonna be a he's gonna be a slam of a of a signing. Getting him then just a shade less than the four mid level. I mean, he's gonna be such a huge piece, and I think that was another key takeaway as well for me watching this game. Like this game really got blown open when uh, Billy Donovan went to his starting lineup that had um, was basically the starting lineup. Uh, Sans Javante Green and in came Alex Caruso. So that was that the five man unit there, and that unit kind of ripped open the Cavs, to be honest with you. And um, it was very interesting to see how they closed the the back end of that first half. And that was the unit out there that was causing the, the Cavs a lot of trouble. And I think we're going to see a lot of that five-man unit towards the back end of games. And I guess that's kind of dependent on Patrick Williams and how he looks, how he plays, and when he comes back from injury and those sorts of things. Maybe matchups even uh, will play a part in that as, as, as well. But when you have Lonzo and Caruso out there, both of those guys typically being the one that's guarding the ball handler at the point of the attack. I don't know. I think that there is scope there for the Bulls to be a good scrambling fast defense. And there were possessions where they were switching on ball, um, not necessarily with Vucevic, but maybe the guards were switching on defense. Vucevic was dropping back on defense, but sometimes he was even playing up quite high as well. So there's been some slight changes that we saw in this preseason game, at least on what they were trying to do defensively. And I think they're able to do a little bit more defensively now because instead of playing two traditional bigs like they had to do last season in basically every rotation, I think another key takeaway is just how fast and athletic this Bulls team looked. Like they had to play smaller guys uh, at power forward, like Javante Green, uh, DeMar DeRozan, Troy Brown Jr. were getting minutes. Like they weren't all necessarily playing power forward, but there were lineups out there when you had two, three, four wings out there, which again was a completely foreign concept to this team over the last three to four years. So the Bulls are clearly going to try to, uh, you know, make up for their lack of size by playing fast, aggressive defense. And that was quite clear to me as well. So I don't know. I was skeptical about how good they could be defensively. Again, ultimate caveat, the Cavs stink. (laughs) It's one preseason game. So maybe... uh, Maybe this doesn't necessarily hold up in the season, but uh, I think some of what we saw defensively is transferable. And um, yeah, I'm kind of excited about it, to be honest with you. But uh, look, we'll see how it holds up against the uh, the Pelicans on, on Friday night. But, but nonetheless, after one game, defense looked really good. It'll be even better when Tony Bradley's back in the, in, in the rotation. He, he obviously missed this game. There's this defensive upside from him. Obviously, we're hoping Patrick Williams can become just an absolute beast on defense. And I mean... This is what I loved about Javante Green's game. And to me, like why his game was so important was like the younger guys like Kobe, like Patrick Williams, like Io, who got some some minutes at the at the end of the game there as well. Like they should be watching Javante going absolutely crazy out there, just flying around the court and being the ultimate role guy. Like who better to be a facsimile for Patrick Williams than Javante Green right now. And I believe Javante and Patrick are quite close, but I'm not suggesting that obviously, but you know, we, we use uh, Patrick Williams on offense in the same way we do Javante Green. But if you can see a guy like Javante Green out there sort of impacting the game with so few touches, like that should be a really good impetus for someone like Williams when he comes back. And similarly, like for Kobe and Io, the way they're seeing Caruso do his thing, like, Again, this is really important for young players like like Williams and uh, and uh, and Kobe. Like they've actually got 
good examples on the team now who can show them how to be real professionals, how to actually play on defense and how that transfers to offense as well. So yeah, I'm thinking about it more. And and again, maybe I'm talking myself into this nonsense after one preseason game, but the Bulls looked good. They looked good. Looked really, really good, but um, but similarly, I guess uh, yeah, the Cavs looked absolutely stinky, and <laughs> maybe that's the good vibes. I talked about them before, but like this this game was kind of set up from the jump to be fun, and, and what I mean by that is the fact that Larry Markkinen didn't even get a start for the Cavs. It just set the tone for a uh, a delightful evening, let's say. And maybe I took too much joy out of Larry, you know, watching Larry in a Cavs jersey getting absolutely cooked on the on the court that he used to call his home. Uh, maybe I took too much joy in that, but um, I'm not going to lie. I, I absolutely, I, that was probably my favorite part of this game. As much as I love seeing Javante Green uh, and Alex Caruso running around like complete madmen and, and the offense, the way the ball was moving around and, and, and the way or how selfless DeRozan and, and Levine and Lonzo all looked on the perimeter and, and the fact that they were all equally just taking, you know, distributing the ball and, and taking their own time in terms of who would ultimately run the possession. Like that was all good and fun. And, and I was, you know, that's the stuff that you want to think about moving into the season as to how it transfers into the regular season. But at the same time, when the team is winning by 48 or 40 odd points and, and you see Larry getting absolutely owned by his former team, look, I'm not going to lie. And, and I'm a petty asshole. I think you all know that by now. But um, yeah, that was just glorious, wasn't it? Damn, that was good. And and, and then when, when Denzel checked in and he got booed by the crowd, like, Ah, chef's kiss, chef's kiss. That was that was perfection. <laughs> so I can't complain, man. I can't. I can't complain. I, I, look, this isn't going to be a long podcast. I, I, I don't like for a number of reasons. One, because I don't want to go too crazy with this. Like I said, one preseason game. The Cavs are absolutely ass. We don't want to read too much into this. But given the nonsense we've had to put up as a fan base over the off season with. Uh, not not everyone, but certain national media types not rating this team and. You know, just talking about how, or some of these people talking about how the Bulls weren't necessarily even getting that, get in the plane, let alone out of the plane, and these sorts of things. Like, again, preseason, it's preseason, but the way they played today, the way the ball, the ball moved, the way the defense rotated, I don't know, there's just good signs. There's good signs. It may not transfer into the regular season. I'm hoping it obviously does, but I think the signs were good. And considering where we have been, as a fan base over the last four or five years to see a team come out in preseason and just own their opponent in the way they did in the fashion they did. Yeah, that was a, re- a rewarding experience. And I think it's something, you know, it's something we're enjoying in the moment. And like I said, there's a lot, I think that can be transferred and, you know, particularly like someone like Troy Brown Jr. Off the bench today, 13 points, hit three of seven from the three point line. If uh, Troy Brown Jr. is going to be a decent to legitimate three-point shooter and can come in and do his thing on defense, can do his uh, you know chip in here from a playmaking point on offense, and can be actually a real legitimate bench piece, then again, like that changes what we think about this Bulls team. And, and similarly with Javante Green, like I, I felt like a complete douchebag thinking that he wasn't even going to be part of the rotation, particularly after watching him and the the amount of influence he had on this game, but. If he can be a player that you can, you know, realistically add to the rotation and you can be confident you can get good 15, 20 minutes out of him. And similarly with Tony Bradley, like when he gets to play and we see him, and I'm hoping that's in the next game, but if he can, you know, confidently show to us as a fan base that you can get 15 to 20 good minutes out of him as well, then 
some of the, uh, I guess, concerns of this team that I had maybe start to, to dissipate some. And I guess my main issue with the team was the lack of good quality backup bigs. And I was a little bit fearful about the, the three-point shooting off the bench because I didn't necessarily rate Troy Brown Jr. as a shooter. Um, Caruso, I didn't necessarily rate as a shooter. I know he's had seasons where he's shot the ball well, but it's, it's typically been on low volume. But he was two of three from the three-point line tonight. So when you get Kobe back, if, if Caruso can provide some, some offense and Troy Brown Jr., you know, can be that corner spot up three point shooter and you get some good defense out of Tony Bradley and Javante Green, then all of a sudden we've gone away from a situation where we're wondering if, you know, it's going to be Alizé Johnson or Stanley Johnson getting backup minutes to the point where those guys might, may, may not even make the team. Like Alizé Johnson in, in junk minutes was rebounding like a complete madman, which is not unexpected. He looked quite good. Had to play center because Tony Bradley wasn't playing and nor, neither did uh, Marco Simonovic to, to that point as well. So he was undersized, but uh, he looked decent in, in, in his minutes as well. But I don't know, like again, one preseason game, but if Troy Brown Jr., if Javante Green, if Caruso, if Alizé Johnson, like if you can get real minutes out of these guys, it really does change. I think what the Bulls can be, and then you know, from at least from my point of view, that my main my main concerns were were, were mostly on the bench. To be fair, I, I didn't have any concerns about or real concerns about the fit of the starting unit. That that was always going to work in my mind, but it was always always going to be what, like what does this second unit become and. I guess that was interesting as well to see how Billy managed that second unit. And it wasn't, you know, five-man units out there. It wasn't like a hockey sub type situation. In the start of the second quarter, we saw Lonzo out there. We saw DeMar DeRozan out there with um, with the second unit. And, and part of that is the fact that, you know, Kobe wasn't playing. Obviously, Tony Bradley wasn't playing. There's was a couple guys missing from the rotation. Obviously, Patrick as well. So maybe that second unit rotation will change. Maybe he'll experiment with Levine going into that, into that second unit. Maybe Billy wants to keep Levine and Vucevic together as long as he can. I, I don't know just yet. Obviously, it's too, it's too early to tell. But based on one game, uh, it, it looks like Lonzo is going into that second unit with DeMar. And I think that's a good decision because, you know, you're going to have one of or you have the opportunity now to have one of DeRozan or Levine on the court at all times. And we spoke about it on the last podcast that, that Lonzo expected and wanted to have more ball handling opportunities had uh, an expectation of being more of a traditional point guard in Chicago and if he's in that second unit with DeRozan and they're the main playmakers there and and the rest of the guys like Troy Brown Jr. and Kobe when he comes back if they play off of them then that then that's how Lonzo can get his minutes as a traditional point guard let's say and then when ultimately things fall back into the starting unit, then maybe it reverts back to, to more so or the distribution reverts back more to, to Levine and DeRozan. But yeah, I thought Billy Donovan coached a really good game and it's a lot easier to coach when your team is up by 40. So we'll see how, again, how it transpires in the season. But rotationally, I liked what I saw. I love the defensive effort. I love the way the ball moved on offense. That was that was probably the best passing game I've seen from a Bulls team in a, uh, again, a damn long time. And Maybe I'm just forgetting some random game here or there. And, uh, you know, don't blame me. I'm sure we've all forget, forgotten most of these random games from the last four years. Why would we be thinking about Bulls basketball from those shitty years? But I don't know. Again, preseason, terrible Cavs team. I, I, I keep reiterating that in part to, to pass on to you, the listener, but I, I feel like I'm doing that more just to convince myself of that, just so I don't go completely off the ledge. I don't go completely see Red Fred in that sense, but... I don't know. That's the vibes are good. The positive signs all over the place, Bulls fans. So, um, yeah, that was fun. That was bloody fun. And uh, 
it just it was just a little bit more fun, I suppose, given that uh, given who the opponent was, the fact that it was the Cavs, and <laughs> the fact that Lowry and Denzel were out there, not necessarily doing much and getting completely owned. I mean. How poetic was it to see Javante Green wearing number 24 absolutely dunk the hell out of it on Larry Markman? I mean, that was, uh, that might have been the player that I for me, to be honest with you. That was, that was beautiful. <laughs> that was beautiful. But, uh, look, I'll call it Devils fans because, uh, I'll probably keep rambling. Like I said, I'm, I'm recording this during the fourth quarter. The game's just ending now. My mind is still all over the place. Um, but yeah, I just wanted to record, I guess, because I just wanted to talk about this game and I wanted to talk about this team. And uh, it was fun being a Bulls fan again. And uh, I hope that continues to be the case throughout the season. And, and if so, despite what the ultimate result is, whether it's a first-round exit, second-round exit, hell, maybe it's a championship after this one preseason game. Whatever it is, I don't know. If So long as the Bulls are, uh, are playing like this and are playing a fun brand of basketball and competing every single game, then that's all I can ask for, to be honest with you. And um, that's all I hope for. And uh, after one pre-season game i got it i'm a happy boy i hope you are too listening to this but uh thank you for tuning in i'll probably be back after the next pre-season game i might do this after every i don't know if i'm gonna have the uh the stamina to do it after every single 82 games of the regular season but at least now whilst i'm hyped and whilst i have their time and whilst my uh, four month old is, is down asleep uh you know i'll jump on the mic post game and, and, and do some stuff but um yeah this was fun Let's call it it. Let's call it a podcast here. But uh, appreciate you all tuning in. I hope you all enjoyed this game. I'll probably still be thinking about this game and uh, to the point where I'm tweeting like a madman about this game still. So if you want to follow me on Twitter, follow my thoughts, you can do so at, at MK Hoops. If you want to follow the podcast too, at Bulls HQ Pod. If you want to send me an email, bullshqpod at gmail.com. Now is the perfect time to, to, to sign up and be part of the Bulls HQ Discord. A link to the Discord is in this episode description. Um, I've also posted one on Twitter as well. If you want to jump on the handle that at MK Hoops, you can get the, uh, the Discord link from there. Similarly as well, five-star reviews on iTunes. Shout out to Lena NYC and, uh, and Leo Grassman. Leo, I've forgotten what your, uh, your handle was on iTunes, but, uh, nonetheless, I appreciate you guys jumping on there and, uh, supporting me in that way. It really does mean a lot. But, um, yeah, let's call it here. My, I'm rambling at this point. Um, fun, fun game, Bulls. Fans, fun podcast for me to record despite me being myself um yeah fun but if that's the theme of this upcoming season then i'm more than fine with it but uh let's call it a day thank you for tuning in bulls fans we'll be back next preseason game to discuss bulls pelicans but until then this has been bulls hq speak soon bulls fans Rose Davis, historian and co-host of the sports podcast, Burn It All Down. And now I'm hosting the new season of American Prodigy, all about Black girls in gymnastics. For the last 40 years, Black gymnasts have moved from the margins to the core of the sport and changed gymnastics along the way. Now, they tell their stories. You'll meet trailblazers like Diane Durham, superstars like Jordan Childs, and everyone in between. Listen to American Prodigies on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts.